0: Entrepreneurship, business, and the people who make the world go round. What advice do they have? What struggles did they overcome? My name is Philip Benz, and these are the questions I have. Welcome to Black Tie Optional.
1: Bill. how's it going? I'm just, it's going. <laughs> it's going. I'm here. I'm excited, but... Uh... Being in front of the camera, it's a little nerve wracking. But uh, now, now I can feel everyone's pain that I've been suffered. They've been suffering through for forty plus years. Exactly what? So. Right. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I figured that you'd be the perfect
0: person to actually do it first. So, um, so what I want to do is this is the first time that I'm doing this. Maybe yeah. you've talked about this for a while. The yeah, last time yeah. we saw each other, uh, I did your little interview thing. We had a
1: good time with that. That was great. I I appreciate that.
0: That Yeah, so I wanted to kind of pick your brain, um, learn more about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've known each other for years. We don't really work too much together, but whenever we do, it's always a good time. So first things first, what's your name and what do you do?
1: I am Bill Good and I've been a photographer for... 40 plus years. I say 40 plus because I don't want to give the real number out. And uh, and I've, I probably I, I can go back 50 years maybe. I mean, high school was my, my was my desire, desire, my my passion for photography. It kind of started back then. And um, I'm originally from New Jersey, so I am a Bruce fan. And uh, I I moved here in '76. Met my wife Amy and from from Tarboro. Wouldn't have found Tarboro on my own, but I, I got down here in '76. Uh, met her up there actually and um she and we came to Tarboro, uh started work for the newspaper office and as, as a photographer and salesperson to start with and sort of uh started stroking my photography uh aspects and, and one thing led to another started doing weddings and it was, it was a gradual process that i really uh sort of i'd say fell into but was really and yeah. really got into it a whole lot yeah, I didn't. I, didn't uh, I already knew
0: that you were not from Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. I just, I just figured that you just threw a dart at a dartboard and you
1: hit Tarboro, <laughs> uh, because this is a, this is a small community. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't. Have, you know, Tarboro is a beautiful place, and, and I would never have found it. But the fact that she was from here, of course, when we first moved here. It was like, okay, where are we going to live? Uh, we'll be here temporary and that's yeah. it. And now we've been in this house for 40 years and, uh, so we're still, we're still trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all worked out. It all worked out. Right. Well, you guys
0: are in a beautiful area. So, I mean, oh, it, yeah.
1: it, it makes it kind of easy though. I'm sure it's, it's really been, it's really been, uh, a, a love. It really has. And the community really has embraced this for so many years, which I'm really proud of that. So it's really been good for us. So. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So, uh, when it comes down to like your early career, so you grew up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the
1: photography thing actually. Well, start? I guess it started off as being a person in business. Um, when I first moved here, working for the newspaper, going around selling advertisements to all these people, and I'm thinking, man, I, I can do business better than this. These people, the way they were acting, the way they were treating people around them, I thought it, it can't be that hard to be in business. And, and the photography aspect of it was more of a creative thing for me. I, I, I thought there's got to be a way to take the creativity that I really enjoyed and put that into a business. And not like today where everybody with a cell phone is a photographer, but back then you had a very small amount of people in the business. You, uh, in Rocky Mount, you had three photographers. In Tarbor, there was one already. Uh, Nashville, you had five or six across three, county, three counties. And uh, so it was really a nice transition for me. Uh, the film world was, of course, a challenge, uh, which was really, it was easy for us back then. Uh, not like it is today, but, uh, but I, I think it was sort of a gradual process when I got into it like that. Yeah, and I think when I
0: came into it 12 years ago, it was the same boat where mm. uh, on the video side of things, the DSLRs were really just starting to come yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, there was no really a camcorder anymore. Mm-hmm. So there was only three of us in Greenville yeah. that were doing like the cinematic wedding type of stuff. Yeah.
1: So I guess similar similar boat. Yeah, and, and I can remember going to a seminar, my f- seeing the first digital camera that Kodak actually produced. And they probably missed the boat by not expanding that line. But they, that camera was like twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 And it had like a 2-meg file or something. It was really low file. In today's in today's aspect of file sizes, it was next to nothing. Uh, so it was really amazing to see that. And they said, this is going to be the technology that's going into the future. And we're like, ah, that's not going to happen, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you, speaking of technology, you've seen the transition from mm-hmm. film to mm-hmm. digital to cell phones that can shoot almost nearly just as good as a high-end camera can now, which is crazy. Um, How did you guys market yourself back then without the use of social media and stuff like that? Well,
1: it was one thing that suffers today that we had back then was marketing yourself was a networking thing. You you went out and you shook hands with people, you talked to people. Uh, Our only advertising aspect was the newspaper and a yellow page ad. That was basically it. You, you word spent, of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. That was it. And you, you, you got involved with civic groups. You got your hand. One big thing for photographers back then was displaying your work at different places. We used to have our, our prints displayed at a few restaurants. That was really big for us. So people could go there and see our work on display. Um, being involved with social groups, uh, uh, civic groups rather, uh, was was big for us. That was really big. But you had really two things. The yearbook, uh, the, the uh, Yellow page book, and that was it, really. So it wasn't. There wasn't like today. Social media and everything else that's available is just. It's impossible to keep
0: up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things about today is. I mean, you have to have skill, but you can also just kind of be lucky. And if you get that one lucky thing, and then everyone just sees all your other content that maybe didn't get so lucky, you pretty much easily just had it made.
1: Yeah, I've had people come up to me many times. Well, I like. I want to get in photography business. What can I do? What's a good thing to do? And my question to them is always, what could you do different than the guy down the street's doing? You know, why are you going to copy all the 10 other photographers in your market? You know, go copy some guy in California or Colorado or something. They're doing something different over there than we're doing here. So what's going to make your product more desirable than the others around you? And, and of course, in film, it was a cost factor. Uh, When you were shooting film, you were more selective. Uh, Doing portraits, for instance, it was like, okay, two poses, boom, boom, move on to the next one. Boom, boom, move on to the next one. Because every time you expose that that shutter, it's going to cost you $2. And that probably made the skill set. Yeah. Also,
0: there's, if you were a photographer back then, a successful one, mm-hmm. then you knew that you knew how to work a camera. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just kind of
1: like, let's just hold the shutter down and let's hope for the best. Everything we did back then was done in the camera. We had these bellows lens shades, we had filters, we had vignettes. So you, the whole key was, let's photograph this family and get it in the camera so we can have machine prints and not pay costly for the prints. There was no retouching back then. It was all done. As soon as you shot the image, it was done. It looked beautiful. People, uh, Retouching was a bonus, but now it's, it's digital. It's all on the, on the post end. You have, it's, it, the digital images are so crisp and clear in large files that you have to do everything in Photoshop and do everything to, to calm it down. From a shooting point of view, uh, it, of course, we were more selective with film because the cost factors, and we only had 24 in a roll or 12 in a roll, so we had to time that out just right, especially during a wedding. But now with, with photography and digital, it's like spray and pray, like you know, just shoot right. a bunch of them, and I'll pick the best one out of the fifty, and, and I'll do that one. So it's really kind of a it's, it's a different different world now that aspect. Nice. So
0: at what point did you actually realize like photography is what you want to do? Like, can you remember that that moment?
1: Uh, You know, unfortunately, I've been sort of a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy. And and when I got into the newspaper business uh, as a um, photographer and salesperson, I sort of transitioned into my own studio. I'd go there in the afternoons and started working, and one thing led to another. I really enjoyed the people. That was really the best part of it. Uh, weddings were my foundation back then. That's when I started in the wedding business. I, I never shot a single portrait in my life. When I, opened the, I opened the studio up. I had a, a place in a mall and never shot a portrait. Uh, I had maybe five or six weddings under my belt. And I think about nowadays it would be suicide to do that. <laughs> and so, but there wasn't the competition was a big help. I, I felt like I was bringing something different to the table than what I've seen in my market area that I was in. So I felt like that was really a bonus for me, coming from a different state where I, I had photographed weddings and and had done some things that were really sort of way different than what I saw was going on here. I thought maybe maybe this I'll try it. I I uh, you know when I met my wife. Uh, she she was dental hygienist at the time. She had a she had a dog and a car and a job, and I, I had maybe a car and that was it. So I thought, well, you had we'll get a camera stay. too. Yeah, a camera, and we'll <laughs> stay in Tarboro. So she wins. Went, this is why we're here. <laughs> awesome. Um, were there any like challenges you faced in the
0: early days? Um, I mean, especially. You know transitioning maybe out of the newspaper Mm -hmm. to going off on your own uh any challenges that just really stand out that you had to overcome
1: yeah the challenge for me was really just being in business and that's really the challenge i think for a lot of people in the photography business they have this creativity they have this art that's behind them and driving them driving their passion but they're not good business people And, and i felt like i was personable, networkable, I, I like to talk to people. Uh, I didn't have the business skills that I really, to run the business like I really should have. You know, so we had some challenges, financial challenges back in the early days that uh, we had to learn the hard way uh, to kind of overcome. And so that was, if I had, uh, I'd never gone to college for business courses or anything. I think I had about a year and a half of community college at that time, and that was, wasn't my deal. So uh, I just sort of learned uh, as by doing. So that, I think the financial challenge was really for us. Um, the creativity challenge really came, came really exploded when I got involved with a uh, organization, the Professional Photographers of North Carolina, and I think that's all. That's the only education we had back then was to get involved with uh, groups in our own with our own peers that we can learn from. So that that was the big thing.
0: Yeah, and the, the thing about being a business owner is. Uh, I I went to school for cinematic arts, Mm -hmm. and their whole curriculum was really about moving to Hollywood and making a movie Mm -hmm, or making a a rogue documentary and this and that. It was never about making a living Mm -hmm. doing what you want to do holding a camera. So learning those business aspects of it, um, my biggest my biggest business mistake that I have right now is the fact that I'm a professional procrastinator. Um, I will join I will, the club. Join the club. I will wait. Yeah. I will wait until the last week before a projects due, and then that's kind of when I do my best work. And it sucks. It sucks yeah. for the client. Yeah. Um. But I always meet the deadline. But that's just the issue that I have. Did you ever have like any issues with that? Oh anymore? God,
1: yeah. I, I I was back in the days. I say back in the days. I didn't say where how old I am now. But uh, during the, during the days when uh, everybody the kids. Have gone to sleep. Uh, wife's gone to sleep. Uh, I'm up till eleven, twelve, one, two, and I was a night owl. Twelve. That, I, I did my best work back then. Uh, I'll, I'll just get the work. I'll, I'll do the retouching then. I'll get that done then. Or most of my marketing ideas were were back then, and um, I, I had these these marketing moments back. I can remember. Uh, it you know, seems like you get some of the best ideas when you come out of the shower. Oh, yeah, let's do this. This is a great idea. Um, a, a typical scenario for our family was like that, the, the movie Moonstruck when all of a sudden the wife slaps the guy. Boom, smack at you know, snap out of it. I'd be coming up with some ideas. We should do this. We should, we should do that. And I, she had to bring me down to earth a little bit. So, right. But uh, I'm always, I, I think I, I get excited about certain things that was really motivations for me that worked out really well.
0: And that's always been fun, kind of meeting with you and working with you and stuff like that, is that you always have like a genuine energy. Like, you know, you're, you're, ac- you're actually excited to be there. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make
1: some money doing this today and uh, that, that's, that, I'll see that's, you later. I think that's part of it. That, that's, that's why we're in the business. To, to, uh, I think the, the business itself is, is energy to begin with. And, and that to me, I, I, if I can convey that energy to the subjects in front of me, I, I think it all comes together. Uh, one of the biggest things that I really enjoy doing during weddings especially was I want to make sure I know everybody who I'm working with. And I went through this process one time, This took this class, and it was really awesome where I, I was able to remember the, the bridal parties, guys and girls, remember all their names. You know, I got their names the day before. More power to you. Uh, yeah. And and so I'm I'm doing the photography for the group. Hey, John, move over here. Susie, move here. And they're like, oh, they got more excited about that than the images I was producing, which was, I think that that communication with the people was very important. How important do you think is the communication side of things as far as like, you know, the
0: personality, especially with a wedding day, uh, you're coming in there and typically this is the first time you're either meeting the couple, definitely the first time you're meeting the bridal party Mm -hmm. and the families and stuff like that. Um, I
1: mean, the skill side of things is important, but Mm -hmm. being a people person. Yeah, I I think the people person part, that that really came about with me just trying to connect with them. I always wanted to be part of the family. I wanted to be like the family photographer. I, wanted to be a, I didn't want to be a guy that was on the outside looking in. So sometimes going to the rehearsal dinners was important for me. I had a chance to kind of sit back, survey the situation, watch people, especially when they were in the church and, and while I was trying to tag the names of the people. And so when I got to the wedding, I was just, I was one of the guys, I was with them. And I think that made a big difference. And, and some, if, you, if you're not a social person, if you don't like to talk to people, it's not the business to be in. You, yeah. got, you, you, got, you got to be able to connect with people, I think, too, from that, especially in the wedding market when you have, and, and weddings especially, there was one thing that a lot of photographers back then were, were bailing out of weddings. They just didn't like the, the heat of it. They didn't like the actual aspect of the, the chance of something going wrong. But one photographer friend uh, from Rocky Mount, a guy by the name of Will Bragg, who's been a staple in Rocky Mount for many, many years, he told me that weddings are the only thing that you can do that people see you work. They actually see you out there doing things because you're, there's a lot of people watching what you do. So, that, that actually was a foundation to get other business. That is true. I never even thought about that part. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you're doing portraits, you're doing commercial work, you're, you're, in, you're in the middle of a, a small group of people. But when you're out there doing a wedding or big events, a lot of people are watching what you do. You have time so, I think it's important. You have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's important to dress the right way, to approach the right way, be professional. I, I see a lot of unprofessionalism, I think, nowadays in the wedding market
0: yeah there's a it's it's unprofessional to an extent but then like there's the super laid back nature of it as well to where yep. it's like you know you're still going to to work, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, have to have yeah. a little bit of sense of pride about yourself, sure. and your work, and this and that. Yeah,
1: I'm there to do a job, and I'm not there to go ahead and have a, an hour meal with the family. It's just, it does I'm here to be able to capture what's going on, and and if I'm not ready for that, because every time you do take that one moment's break, you grab something off the table, and somebody's yelling at, hey, come over, shoot this, <laughs> and yeah. you got to stop what you're doing and go ahead and jump in there and do that. So it's really kind of, uh, and that's why weddings are a whole different animal, I think, too, and and unfortunately, uh, some. Somebody who starts a photography business, they feel like weddings is the, a wedding is their first initial stepping stone into the business, so there's a lot of lack of experience there when they first get into
0: it. There's a lot of people I've seen that uh, they start out shooting weddings, mm-hmm. but then a couple of years goes by, they have some experience, mm-hmm. they, they drop it um, because yeah. they've moved on to bigger and better things, but the cool thing is that um, when people, when you introduce yourself to someone new, just like, oh yeah, I'm a wedding photographer, mm. they're just like, oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. cool. Like, is this your full time job? Yeah. And they don't realize <laughs>
1: that you can actually make a really lucrative. You can. not Living yeah, from yeah. shooting weddings. Well, weddings, weddings were 30% of our income back then. And so we were doing 20, 30 weddings a year, which was really amazing. Uh, didn't have much life on the weekends, but that was... Uh, so I would make sure I would uh, bring cake home at night to the kids. Oh, Daddy's bringing cake home tonight from the wedding. So we'd, we'd do a little cake cutting in the house or something like that. And having the kids wrap their arms around each other like this, like this, serving cake. It was just to make something fun. So it made it exciting to come home when, when the kids were missing you, I guess, on a weekend. So you just you just mentioned something about um,
0: you know not really having the weekends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, the trade off though is that the normal average person out there they're working nine to five Monday through Friday, right? So when they're just like, oh, you don't have your weekends, it's like, yeah, but I got Monday through Friday. Yeah, you yeah. don't have Monday through Friday. Well,
1: you not You don't. You, don't you, you tear the weekends up now. Now we're not doing as many weddings as we used to, and so really now I've kind of got my weekends back in a way. But then you you shot all those images you had four or five days after that to get them ready so you spent a lot of time editing and taking care of those images then if you had a lucrative business you were not only doing weddings but you also had portraits you had other things during the week so we always we always took off on mondays so that was a day we can kind of decompress even though we still worked on mondays we just didn't see people on mondays right, so right. that was a nice way to kind of transition out of uh, having a day off i guess which now today. what was your last real job um, <laughs> my last real job was probably uh, driving a catering truck. Uh, I've always had jobs where I always was in a business with somebody else. Uh, I drove a catering truck for a mentor, a great friend of mine who was my football coach when I was a kid he had he had a deli actually was my first job was uh, a deli uh i drove a catering truck one of those things that when things pop up you drive up the construction site people come in really quick and they they cool i sold men's clothing uh i delivered meat for a butcher shop uh then i was i was selling 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 and uh sold advertising for a radio station when i first moved to north carolina so uh, it was a radio station in rocky Mount called weed radio and uh, so I worked for what a name that was, but that uh, was awesome. It was, it was like a carbon copy of like WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah, yeah. the same characters, great people. But uh, I, was, I worked there for two years. As a salesperson, and that really got me into the market a little bit too. Is it, it was tough to uh, walk into a, a store in Rocky Mount, a kid, right with a Jersey accent? Yeah, you want to buy some advertising? You know, so just <laughs> yeah. If I didn't get too uh, too much response out of that, so. I'm sure, I'm sure. Now, uh, when you finally decided to just
0: step away from, I guess the quote unquote real jobs, yeah, and uh, kind of work for yourself,
1: uh, what was that feeling like? Do you remember? It was nice. Anxious? There was a, there was a freedom. There was a, 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 a kind of a love for it. Really, there really was, and. Of course, I think the age factor too. When you work that many hours a week, it just didn't. How old bother. were you when you? I started. I was probably twenty-two, twenty-three, and uh, we got married. In, uh, I get this right now. We got married in seventy-six, so um, she'll probably see this. So. Seventy-seven. Met in seventy-six. <laughs> maybe she won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I married in seventy-seven, so I, I think I was 23, when 20, we 20, started? Twenty-four. Really started the started the the business in in eighty. 7980 Nice. we started and uh, uh, my first, we, we had a place in the mall here in Tarboro. Uh, some, somebody had the, the location, they, they lost their business. They, it was a deli, a deli there and, and the guy said, hey you want, I'll sublet it to you if you want it. And, uh, and so it was, he, was, he did good for me from that. So it worked out really well. Nice. So
0: what's been, uh, what's been your most rewarding thing about being an entrepreneur? All these years I mean being self-employed
1: yeah so I think self-employed um, and being able to call the shots yourself and, and being able to you, your decisions you make are your own you know no one's making them for you of course you, you can fail and screw up which is a good thing because then you learn from that uh, but I, I think that that's probably the best thing I think and yeah, I've worked for other people before and work with other people before I, I don't think I've ever really worked for a company. A large company before so I don't don't know how that would be but uh, I don't know if I can get used to that or not if I ever could but but I've always worked with people small business and then just started to jump in by myself Uh, I never sat there in front of a guidance counselor in school and said this is what I want to do I'm going to go and do this I, I honestly just sort of fell into it I didn't didn't did not go to school for um, any specific particular thing. I knew I had. I was kind of creative at the time, and I wanted to express that. So that was really where I kind of took off with it. Awesome.
0: Um, when you know, when you were trying to figure out the whole photography thing and this and that, uh, I'm sure over these years of you doing it, you've experienced burnout.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. I, I think too is. Burnout to me is just doing the same thing over and over again, you know, trying to get different results. But uh, it's, it's, I, I've had a number of levels of that, I think. And, and I think really growing in the business is like you hit certain plateaus. You hit a plateau and there's a burnout possibility there. And what are you going to do to get the next level? Uh, and I think what really, to me, to me what really sort of um, helped the burnout process was learning, education. So let's go to a seminar, let's go to another convention. I think that really, I come home from a convention, my head's just kind of twirling around. I got all these new ideas I want to jump into. And I think that's really a great thing for burnout. And I think really I get a lot of that help from networking with other people. The networking process to me is really helps that burnout process. So I think people nowadays in the business, if they don't network with other photographers or network with other people, can they get that from YouTube? Can they get that from online processing or uh, somebody selling a program? Uh, hopefully they can get pumped up a little bit, but uh, I think, I th- I think you, you can't be in business or be an entrepreneur without being in some kind of burnout. It happens, I think it happens to everybody. Right,
0: um, kind of going off the burnout mm-hmm. question, uh, when it comes down to uh, an experience that you had over these years, is there any point in time that you can remember that you just wanted to throw in the towel, quit, like, and how do you overcome that time
1: yeah yeah i um sometime, I, I think after probably a real like a, a ninety hour work week or something like that when you when you 've done a, a couple of weddings in a weekend and you 've had a really full week and and all of a sudden uh, you think, like, gee, I'm just taking the money from this hand, and I'm throwing it out of that hand, and, and you're not keeping what you're supposed to be keeping. and Yeah, you have those moments. You have some times. And then, then something comes along and just lifts you up. Uh, maybe you've, you've done a great job with a, a child's portrait, and and someone just praises you on it, and you think, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's, why, that's, that's those little things like that that really kind of get you fired up. And... Um, next wedding comes up that following weekend, uh, you're, you're excited up for it. And it, 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 you had those little moments that you had, to pick yourself off the ground, dust off your boots and keep on rolling. So
0: awesome. Well, man, I only got one more question for you. It might lead into something else. We're going to find out. <laughs> so if, if you were to go back in time to younger self and actually mentor Bill Good back in the day, um, what advice would you give to yourself?
1: Um, buy Apple stock, uh, <laughs> By Google? For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I would probably, that's really a kind of a wild question. I, th- I think I probably would tell him to be, be more aware of the future. Uh, be more, spend more time, I think, uh, with those around you. And, and there's probably a way to, to have a, a, a better balance between work and life. I feel like we did pretty well with that um, we're proud of our children where they 're all right now and, and that was a, a great great uh, great it was challenging years of course raising kids but we 're certainly proud of where they 're all right now in their lives and and but I, I think back then I would tell him you know just just, just chill, calm down. It'll be okay. Don't get, don't get panicky about this. And uh, uh, whatever happens, will pass. So just get a good balance in life, and, and just keep on moving. But uh, that would be probably if I had to reach back and smack that kid back then, and just tell him what's going on. I'd probably do that. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Bill, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, for doing thank this you. Yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed. I, I, your work is, is, is astounding, and oh, I'm always in it. awe of watching your, your clips on on on, uh, on social media. And I, and I I love to share the, the process. Love to share the industry, and and hope that somebody will, will see this and, and uh, take a moment and enjoy it. And so uh, that uh, don't get discouraged. It's a it's a constantly day to day changing industry and business. So you have to keep on punching away. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Thanks.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thanks so much for watching. For more on Black Tie Optional, subscribe on YouTube by hitting the notification bell or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To become a sponsor or donate to the podcast, shoot me an email at philipbenzpro at gmail.com. Your donations help tremendously in keeping this podcast going. Until next time, thanks again for watching and stay motivated.